Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your books. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, founder of the Author Incubator, Dr. Angela Loria. Well, hey, everybody. We are back here at Book Journeys Radio, and we've got another great show for you this week. Every week we talk to another author about their experience writing their book. How did they cross the chasm of desire of becoming an author to actually making it across that threshold and being able to call themselves an author? And for everybody, that journey is different. For some people, it takes decades. For some people, it, it could take a couple months. And what that journey is like for today's author, we, we are about to find out. We're going to be talking today to Susan Gowdy. She is the author of The Journey from Fear to Love is Shorter Than You Think. And um, Susan, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So I love, love, love the title for your book. There have been many days where I have not felt like the journey from fear to love was very short. Why don't you tell us about it? What's the book about? Well, the book is its a self-help book, and my story is in the book, um, but it's not the focus of it. My story is touched on because um, it had to do with the trauma and, and the steps that I took to heal from that trauma, something that occurred really early in my life. Um, its It's a book that's about... I'm, I'm, my my goal is to teach people how to embrace their power and live in love and move from fear and live more in love than they are in fear. And I, I kind of step-by-step step tell them how I've done that, what I've learned over the years. Um, it's for anyone to pick up. I wrote it for so that it would be an easy read, and it's written like you're having a conversation you know, over a cup of coffee with a friend, um, it's easy, it's light, it's funny, it's non-threatening. And I use humor a lot to break the ice because I think it makes it easier for the reader to really look at what they are or are not doing in their own life to keep them stuck more in fear and, and I, to get them moving on to the path toward love. And I feel if they can laugh, it's a lot easier to see what they're doing to contribute to them staying maybe stuck in that place of fear. And Dr. Yeah. Bruce Lipton, Dr. Bruce Lipton has endorsed it. Stephen Lewis has endorsed it, and Rob Williams. Wow, fantastic! We will definitely talk uh, about how you got those endorsements. Um, I noticed on your website, journeyfromfeartolove.com, there is a great quote from Bruce Lipton about the book. He says, "The journey from fear to love is shorter than you think." It's a poignant memoir revealing how our earliest experiences program the character of our health, relationships, and the ability to achieve our desires. Susan Gowdy's experiential journey offers a powerful and wise prescription for healing our hearts and minds so that we may more effectively redefine the path of our lives journey. Informative and engaging, Fear to Love is a practical guide for experiencing a life overflowing with well-being and happiness. That's a lovely, lovely quote. Yeah, that was his endorsement. I couldn't ask for I, I couldn't have asked for a better one. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. 
Absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. So, uh, again, Journey from Fear to Love, if you want to learn more uh, about Susan's book or get a copy of it, the links are there. Um, But why don't you tell us about this process of writing a book? How did you pick this topic? How did you get this idea, and why did you decide to turn it into a book? Well, it kind of just came to me in, you know, different, um, I call it dreams, but like like when I was sleeping, different things, it would come up that it was something that I needed to write about, that it was, and, and I was writing it for myself. I wasn't intending my intention at first. I didn't know anything about publishing or doing any of that. Um, so it was more, I, I think it was kind of just downloaded to me because uh, it's my experiences. Mm. It's all the different things I've learned throughout my life and my mother kept saying that you know I needed to talk about what had happened when I was younger that was an important thing for people to learn from uh, and and I wasn't going to put that in at first but then realized yep that's a part of the steps you know where I got to how I got to where I am now um, so I started just writing the different uh, experiences that I've had and what I've learned about and it was very easy for me to write it. It took about six months, but I only wrote when I felt like writing. I, I didn't try to force it. And so when I did write, I wrote a lot. And, it, you know, I'd sit and just write for a very long time. So let's talk about that. What was, what was your writing what was your writing process? Did you have a day job at the time? Was it hard to fit into your schedule? How long did you write for? What, what did that look like? Well, actually, no, I didn't have a day job at the time. I had a practice, and I quit doing my practice because my husband was traveling so much, and I had four children, and I have four children, but they were all at home. And I started, um, but I wanted to keep my foot in the door doing what I was doing. So this was also a way to put out the information that I would be giving if I was doing one-on-one, the counseling and the type of things I was doing. Um, So I wanted to find a way to keep doing what I wanted to do, and I thought, well, if I write a book... Maybe, maybe you know, this could help a lot more people. And um, I, I wrote a lot. What's really funny is I exercise on a regular basis, and oftentimes I would find myself with pen and paper in my basement while I was lifting weights and in between sets. I would be, wow. You know, that's when I would get my inspiration, or, or, and, and I'd write all kinds of notes, and then I'd run upstairs and get back on the computer and start writing again. Um, other times I'd be, you know, in the shower and that's when I would be, something brilliant would come up and I'd have something to write on as soon as I got out so that I could then go to the computer and start typing in. I, I basically, anytime I felt inspired, I would jump and I'd make sure I took the notes so that later I could remember what it was that I wanted to write about. I love that. Um, I know that for most people, when they start writing a book, they're really thinking about the content of the book, what to include, and especially when people are telling their story, sometimes it's hard to decide how much to disclose about their personal life. It sounds like you might have had some of those challenges, and I wonder if you could kind of walk us through your thinking process and how you decided what to share and what not to share. Uh, Like I said in the beginning, I didn't want to actually share the personal trauma that I'd gone through. I thought, I don't need to do that. This is supposed to be an uplifting, empowering type book. I can leave that out and, you know, get my point across. And uh, my mother, who's very wise and will be 84 next month, at the time that I was writing the book, said, I think that's really important. That's going to help a lot of people, too. So I did include it mostly in the introduction. 
Um, and then I, I tried to, I you know, referred to it here and there when it felt like it needed to be, but I didn't dwell on that because um, the point mm. of the book, I kept the point of the book in my mind at all times. The point of the book was about moving forward, about healing, about being empowered, all of those things. And so I just made sure that that was not, that wasn't the big picture, but it, it definitely is important. I mean, I have found through the process that without that, um, some people may never even picked up the book and looked at it because that that was important and 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 it drew it drew the entire story. It drew the whole picture of the story. It completed it. So without it, mm. it it wouldn't have made as much sense or been as empowering. Maybe you know, it definitely wouldn't have been as empowering. So I did choose to leave that in there. And then as far as the steps and that, I just kind of went through my life. And you know, went in order of what I did as from a young person on, and and kind of started telling stories in the book about what I did to heal. So that's that's kind of the process I took, and I I had the chapters all envisioned. I did do the, I guess I did it kind of backwards compared to a lot of people. I wrote the introduction first, um, and that was taking care of the, getting that story in there, but not dwelling on it, um, and then I had the chapter outline I had all the the outline for the chapters in my head already so I got those written down and I pretty much stuck to what you know I had in my head and and then filled in the blanks and did you write chronologically um in in the in the introduction for the story itself and yeah for the most part I, the stories that I tell are chronological that may not be totally I mean I think I might pop back and forth sometimes, depending on what was uh-huh. relevant for whatever that chapter had to do with. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I, it might not have always been in chronological order, but for the most part. Yeah. And so when, when you started the book, you were obviously thinking a lot about what was going in the book. Um, so, there probably wasn't a whole lot about the experience of actually writing it that surprised you. But what surprised you about being an author? What are some of the things that when you started your project, which a lot of our listeners are just starting their book project, what's something you didn't know at the start of your project that you know now? (laughs) I had no idea. Um, Well, first of all, I I wrote the book and I, I was writing it not thinking necessarily it was going to be published and a friend of mine saw it and said you have to take this to my friend who's an agent the agent saw it and at that time the secret was a big thing and there was a lot of different things going on um and she said no 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 you have to publish this and um at that time also i mean as we went through the process of sending out to many publishers it went to i mean probably 20 top publishers and would go to the top and, and then it would be rejected, and I got letters from a couple of them saying, we love your book, and I did have a few editors finally say, it's not your book. At the time, the economy had dropped, and they came back and said, we're broke. We're overextended, mm-hmm. and we, you know, we can't afford to take on. Even though I had the beautiful endorsements, I was still a no-name author. So even though I had something that appeared mm-hmm. to an agent – a professional agent who'd done this for a long time. She was absolutely 100% sure it was going to be picked up, um, and it went to so many publishers who took it to the top, it still got turned down. So two and a half years of doing that, um, and it became 
you know, the economy, I, I could, I had no, I never even thought about how that would affect it. Um, I also didn't know what a platform was to build a platform. I was told I had a platform, that my platform was my story. I've learned that, nope, that's not what a platform is. <laughs> okay. I didn't have a platform. I mean, building a platform and learning how to do that, and I'm still in the process of doing that now. It's, it's you know, it's it was harder than I thought it was going to be. And so if somebody wanted to start building their platform before they even had a book, what would you tell them? They need to be um, networking and getting to know people that within groups that would be related to whatever it is they're writing about or writers groups or whatever. They need to start getting their name out there that people start to know who they are, that they're an up-and-coming author, that, you know, I'm, you're going to hear my name, you're going to know me. I'm, you know, I've got – so that they start to have a group of people that they're connecting with, a list, um, you know, contact list of people who – they can send them an email when the book comes out or whatever and say, or here's my website, you can follow my progress, this is what I'm doing. Um, I didn't know to do any of that. Start building that following before Mm. the book even comes out. Right. Um, So you mentioned um, in that last answer, you mentioned that you actually work with an agent. That's something um, most of our authors don't do. So can you tell us about what, was that process like? What was it like to have an agent? What were some of the things you liked about it or didn't like about it? What what advice would you give people about working with an agent? Well, I was really lucky because I just kind of fell into the lap of an agent. I didn't have to go and try to get one. I mean, for someone else to do, and I've looked at it since, and I know that you have to try to get the agent to want you. You've got to go and, like, sell yourself to the agent and and see right. if they'll pick you up as a client or not. Um, but once I had an agent, the nice thing was that she was doing all the making all the contacts. She was <laughs> guiding me on what I needed to be writing for my proposal, which was a book in itself. And she, you know, she had all that information that I didn't have. And then she was she had the contacts to get it into publishing companies, and she did. She got it into, like I said, at least twenty. And um, so that was really nice because I. I, you know, no publishing company was going to look at me by myself. So she was kind of the mm-hmm. gatekeeper. She she could get me through those doors that I can't get through on my own. So that's, I mean, that's the nice thing about having an agent. Um, that maybe some of the downfalls are you also have to remember that in the end you're going to pay that agent a certain percentage. They're going to receive a certain percentage off the top if a publisher picks you up. Well, and then the publisher picks up a certain percentage. So like most. <laughs> yeah, so by the time you're, it's all said and done, I, I mean, it, I don't know that you're going to end up with a whole lot, um, you know, from that, from that deal. The money that you might receive would be more from you after that going out and speaking and those types of things. So... Uh, so working with an agent in your case didn't lead to a publishing contract, but you decided to go another way. So let's talk about that. How did you end up publishing your book, and how did you make that decision? Well, because I was so passionate, and I am so passionate about the, this this project, this book, what I've done, and what my message is, I decided that I'm going to publish it anyway. So I was referred to a publicist, and... Actually, it was another smaller publisher that was 
looking at publishing with me, and then they referred me to a publicist. Well, I don't think they realized that the publicist had the ability to also publish my book. Okay. So, so that was something I just kind of fell into because she was a publicist that they were hoping, oh, she can work with you, and they wanted this. This was another little side thing. This other publisher, smaller publisher, well-known and respected, but they wanted me to completely change my book. They wanted me to oh, take let's it. Oh, say more about that because oh, in yeah, they wanted case, to... you had finished your book, right. you send it to the publisher, and they say, well, we could be interested in this or we are interested in this, but what did they want you to do? Oh, well, first I paid $500 to another editor, and it had already been yeah. edited okay. three times. So they sent me to their editor, and she went through it, and they were going to change the book. Now, remember, it's a self-help book with self-help tips throughout, and it's supposed to be light and easy, and, and um, you know, it's full of a lot of really good information, but it's not supposed to be threatening any of that. They wanted to basically take, like my husband says, take a skirt and turn it into shorts. They were going to mm. completely redo the book and make it more of a um, uh, uh a book for school, you know, not a, um, I'm trying to think of what kind of book that is. Like academic? You know, more of an academic type book to, than than the way I wrote it. They wanted it to be, um, to me, it was going to be drab and boring. And, and, mm. and they wanted me to change it up and make it more like that. They gave me a book to look at and said, this is how we want it written. And I said, but that's so boring. I couldn't even finish the book they sent me because it wasn't, um, it didn't pull my attention. And, you know, I was like, no. I I had many people read my book, and part of the reason they liked it was because it was fun. It was enjoyable. It was easy to read. They could sit down and read it in a couple days, and they would go back and reread. And the book that they wanted me to model it after would have turned it more into like a textbook. You know, here's the way that you should do this. And I was like, well, no, I, I didn't want to do that. So the publicist right. that they referred me to, I stayed with her for a while, and um, she said, look, you know, based on what they were going to also charge me with the other publisher to publish and to do all of that, um, she said, I can do this same thing. I have people set up that, you know, are very reputable, and we can do the same thing for a lesser fee. And um, they did. And, I, I mean, the book cover itself, I was so impressed with the artist that did the book cover. So I worked through her, and she basically just had her people who she had all lined and up. All so, the- by the way, I want people to look at that book cover because it is great. So if you go to journeyfromfeartolove.com, that's journeyfromfeartolove.com, you can actually see the cover. It's very interesting. It's almost uh, like a maze. Right, mm-hmm. that you're That's exactly journeying what through is. the maze. Yeah it's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's a great cover. How do you, what what advice would you give someone about finding the right people to work with? So obviously if you want to self-publish, you could, you know, design your own cover and learn how to design book interiors. But presumably you're going to hire someone to help with some of the technical pieces. What would you look for in, in a person that you were working with or a group? Well, I would look at somebody else's book that you like and ask them who they use. Okay. <laughs> Start asking lots of questions to the people. You know, it's like others have done this and have done it successfully, um, and most of them are willing to tell you. I mean, this is who I use. This is what I did for this and that. Um, I first went to another um, self-publishing type program. 
I, I didn't like that one. There were probably going to be eight or nine different people working. The price was right, but eight or nine different people working on my project, which would make it really confusing for me. I was going, whoa, who am I talking to now? And they were you know, switching people around, and I didn't know who I would be on the phone with next. And it got way too confusing. Um, and I would pick, simplify, pick a group of people where you maybe you're dealing with two or three different people, not eight or nine, um, it makes it a whole lot easier to keep up with what's happening with your book, what's happening with the project. I think the more hands that are involved, I think the more messy it can get and the more out of control you can feel. Like you don't even yeah. know what's going on because, wait a second, I talked to Linda yesterday. Now you've got me on the phone with John. What, you know, and we're talking about mm-hmm. the same topic. But well, one of the things you really you just briefly touched on, and I ended up talking to a client about this yesterday, which is a bigger issue. People don't talk about it a lot. Is the the editors that you work with? So you hire an editor, presumably that you like. Very often, mm-hmm. people hire an editor that they don't like, and then they hire a second editor that they like. But you've got an editor you like. You find a publisher, and they're like, "Yeah, this is great, but it's got to go through our editor." Their editor has completely different ideas, and it's almost like what I tell people about writers' groups or getting advice from from writers or even friends about your book is everyone feels like they have to earn their keep by having an opinion. And, you know, if, if a second editor catches a typo, that's fine. Like, by all means, please catch my typos. But when it comes to the structure of the book, the more professionals that you work with very often – uh, don't agree with each other, and you have to be the tiebreaker, and, and are you qualified to be the tiebreaker? Well, I, I think you're definitely qualified if it's your book. I mean, I, right. I, I would, my gut, I mean, you're, you wrote it, you, you were passionate about it, it meant something to you, this is, you know, you had a vision for it, this is how I want it to be. I think that many people would get sucked in, though, thinking, well, these guys are the professionals, and they know better uh-huh. than I do. I mean, I spent five hundred dollars right. and had somebody re-edit it, and then tell me change that skirt into a pair of shorts, and I went back and forth, and it took me quite a while. I mean, I struggled with the decision because I was thinking this person's an expert; they they they're looking out for me. They know what they're doing. I think that a um, lot of authors go through that. Absolutely. Right, and you you got to stick with your gut. I mean, I, it's and read my book, and you'll find out more how to do that. But you you've got to uh-huh. stick with your gut. Your, your intuition and know and and not waver on any of that. You've got to trust yourself because this is yours. This is yeah. yours. And you don't ever let anyone take it away from you. Like you said, if they want to change typos or whatever, or they have some suggestions that you look at their suggestions and it resonates with you, you feel that that makes sense, then go ahead and explore that. But don't rewrite the whole book. I went through and started trying to do the things she was telling me to do, um, like she wanted me to put all the tips out on the edge and have, like, break up the book and then have, oh, and here's a self-help tip right here. And as I read through it, I was like, that breaks the book up, breaks up the flow. It doesn't read the same. It's no more fun. I'm not enjoying my own book. That, to to me, said I shouldn't make that change. If I don't like the way it feels, then I'm not going to make that change. So, I mean, it really is all about how you feel about your own project because if you compromise this, you'll never, you you know, you'll always be upset that you did that. 
It will never right. feel. And then you start to lose it. It becomes it's not even yours anymore. Who Whose is this now? Is it mine or is mm-hmm. it some, somebody else's? I mean, I, I wanted it to remain my my creative uh, endeavor. This is my book. This is what I did, not, you know, somebody else's. If I changed it, like she said, it was no longer my book. And that was the deciding factor for me. If I had done all the changes she wanted me to do, then I was no longer putting out my own book. Yes, yes. And so when I ask, when I ask people, this is this is very helpful today because when I ask authors who have finished their books, what do you wish you knew before you wrote your book? And very often they want to talk about the fact that they weren't thinking about promotion and what promotion would be like, and that is an important conversation. But I think this is so critical. It's such a critical step in the book journey. I call this phase the, the third trimester of birthing your book. It's after the book is written and you're in that publishing phase before you've gotten to the promotion phase, which is after you have your baby. So these are kind of those last few weeks of your pregnancy that are so important. And um, and I think so many people do start to to turn to experts at this point and doubt their own um, doubt their own intuition, doubt their own, almost question the integrity of their book. And this is the right. time to really know who you are. And especially if you're working with a publishing company, they're going to come in with a book cover that you're going to hate. And you're going to mm-hmm. feel like, well, they're the experts. Uh, you know, I don't want to be the difficult client or whatever. And right. those are really all the things. I have talked to so many authors who hate their book cover, which doesn't mm-hmm. make you want to go promote it because you got to hold right. up something you think is ugly or not representative of who you are, mm-hmm. even if it's not ugly. That was one of the most important things to me was my book cover, which, I mean, I, I always thought, well, it that's be. the first thing people are going to see if, if you know, if and it's not people do judge that, a book by its cover. And yes, you know. even though they say really, that's it, not. For me, a lot of it is what the book cover looks like. Yeah. Sure, but even yeah. more of it is how you feel about it as the author. If right. you love your book cover and you feel like it represents what's inside that book, you're going to mm-hmm. be promoting it online or in person with much more passion and focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, I mean, it, I yeah, I agree. Well, we've got a couple minutes left, and I did want to ask you um, to talk about some of the some of the really good things that have come out of. Uh, doing your book, what what is um, what's something that you have really enjoyed about becoming an author? Well, I one I, I, I self published, and I, I really am glad that I did that because I do like the fact that I have more control over my own project. I mean, at some point, maybe a publisher will pick it up or something, but at least I going through this process, I've learned so much um, that I have so much more information. I, I'd be a lot more ready for that if it did happen, and mm-hmm. I have really enjoyed being able to um, get this information out to a lot more people through the interviews I've done and, and you know, ha- having the book have more exposure in that way. Um, that, I, you know, it's given me something that I didn't have before. It's given me something that, like, someone like you or another interviewer is interested in talking to me about this. So it, it, it has helped to um, get my message out there. By having by having this book, um, for someone else, you know, it, d- it didn't write a self help book. It's still going to help to get the book out there. I mean, d- d- to get you 
no one they're going to want to talk to you more if you have something to show them yeah i have something i've written <laughs> and then you're going to get more infor- more attention for that so that's that i've yeah. enjoyed a lot cuz cuz my goal is to help as many people as i possibly can well i love that so susan gowdy it's g o u d y she is a holistic health practitioner a motivational speaker, and the author of The Journey from Fear to Love is Shorter Than You Think. You can learn more about Susan on journeyfromfeartolove.com. Susan, thank you so much for being with us, for sharing your wisdom, and for being so honest about what is a very, can be a confusing and overwhelming process. And I just appreciate your, your transparency and sharing your experience. Oh, thank you very much. I enjoyed your show. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for being here, and we'll be back next week, Journeys Radio. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthor.com.